Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the Thrifty Marketer Podcast. Today, we will be discussing the Navgurukul story with Abhishek Gupta, founder, Navgurukul. An IIT Delhi alumnus, Abhishek graduated as a software engineer. In 2016, he founded Navgurukul, which works on aspirational employment opportunities for young women from rural and tribal India. Earlier he had co-founded Zumble, which was acquired, followed by Frankly Me which raised more than $2.6 million. Let's hear it from Abhishek. Today, uh, talking about inspiration, I have an amazing, inspiring personality with me. So, you know, uh, I, I've got amazing folks on this show. If you have watched SMB Talks in the past, this is episode 46. So I, we have met so many inspiring people. So today I have a different kind of gentleman with me. Okay, he's a young kid from where I look at him. So he's a young kid. He is he is passed out of IIT Delhi, right? He is none other than Abhishek Gupta. He's the founder of Nava Gurukul. So he's as I mentioned, he's an IIT Delhi grad. He graduated as a software engineer. He earlier has co-founded Zumbi, is a startup which was acquired, followed by Frankly Me, which raised more than $2.6 million. So if you think that's impressive, wait for it. He co-founded, he founded a social enterprise called Nava Gurukul. So what does it do? That we are going to hear all about Nava Gurukul from him, but let me give you an interesting take on this, right? So it gives, it works on an aspirational employment opportunity for young women from rural and tribal India. So what he does is small team. He himself is a very young chap. What they do is they train people, women, especially from rural India, who from underprivileged backgrounds on coding skills and they place them at better career opportunities. So I must say this, this guy, He's a Forbes 30 and a 30 also, uh, and he's an amazing. So let me just bring him on. Uh, hey, Abhishek. Hey. hey, hey. Thank you so much for taking time out and joining the SMB Talks. I am so happy you are here. How are you doing? Uh, doing well. So when you said actually, um, kid, this this uh, sounded funny in my head because I'm getting married next month. So this transition <laughs> from... <laughs> You know, I know, so, yeah. I know. You know, the these these are the times when kids are also getting married. You know, kind of, kind of. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Anyway, I'm so happy. I'm so happy that you are here, and I have been following your work for some time now. Uh, I have had friends such as you know this co-founder of Milan Foundation here. They also do a fabulous job. I'm I get so inspired by folks like you. You know, so thank you for coming on board. So, you know, just to give a background, Abhishek, this show I started when COVID came into our lives. Uh, that was last year. And uh, I started this show uh, so that I can bring on people like you, uh, talk about your journey so that we all can get some sort of inspiration, uh, you know, for, for us to move on, you know, so to, to grab onto that, I right know. So it is a set of, I've curated a set of 10 to 15 questions yeah. for you. And uh, if you're ready, we can start off. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. So for the first question I wanted to ask you, if, if I would have met you in person, I would have asked the same question. You are an IIT graduate. 
and now you are a social entrepreneur normally it doesn't work that way iit guys go to us or they work in startups earning lakhs and lakhs of uh, you know salaries and stuff like that how did this thing happen and take us through that journey yeah i think um, i absolutely agree iit degree can be a big liability if you don't want to do what <laughs> you're you know you're supposed to do for example earning crores right now um and it did lead to a lot of friction because um people around me were they were not very comfortable with the idea of sort of doing that and that exactly came into my mind like does my de- degree really serve as a liability to me or is it an asset and if it is an asset let me use it in whatever i do so if i want to travel let me use my degree to sort of uh, do something around there and and there are some some very interesting folks from our college who essentially did that one of my seniors um he was heavily interested into uh, traveling traveled a lot became iron man uh, raised money for climbing mount everest and then he essentially started an organization called fitso in travel space which was acquired by zomato uh, right. so i think somewhere some people have started seeing um, your college like that right i mean it's it's uh, it's just a stepping stone to whatever you want to do and uh, what you may want to do might not be um, either making a lot of money or may not be essentially starting a company altogether um, so i think so that was that but uh, so but, but if i sort of look into my own reasons uh, and ignore the societal part here um, so so when i was doing startups i i think i i was doing them largely because i was insecure i wanted to prove myself i wanted to do something that most of my peers hadn't um, and iit is a very crazy place to do that because most of your peers have done so many things that it's very really hard to find what they have not done um and i think uh, somewhere i was this sort of rebel kid that i'm not going to sort of focus on a job i'll never set for college placements so let me start doing a startup instead um and i started doing this in 2011 where startups are not very cool in fact zomato was one of the very few uh, startups which was very popular uh, again because of iit delhi uh, uh, connection but apart from that there were no big names uh, that used to sort of float around then snapdeal happened uh, and rohit was also part of uh, snapdeal and he was an iit delhi alumnus um so so i think somewhere um, around that startups were not very popular uh, so i just thought it's probably a way for me to express my uh, rebelling um and i just started doing my startup without really thinking why am i doing that to be honest and then it got acquired and you know it got funded acquired then another startup got funded we raised a lot of money and there was this time i was ta- we were acquiring another startup and i asked the founder hey uh, what do you come office for like you know what motivates you to work and he he told me you know, he he wants this he wants that and i think his answer made a lot of sense for him he had to work but then he asked me what motivates you to work and it was very interesting because we were in us google launched by accelerator and uh we were about to acquire another company um and then suddenly i had i didn't have any answer to that question and i started thinking like what actually keeps me in startup so um i i didn't need to prove myself anymore there were a lot of things that i have already done um right so so that element was not there um there were a lot of questions around finances right i mean um uh, especially because your peers are running a lot they're buying a merc or whatever around um so so those questions were definitely there and i had my own journey which i can probably share but uh so but i resolved the problem of finances then i realized that problem here because i have committed to be a part of this team and um, ultimately my heart lies in uh, doing work on ground uh, so that was the moment i decided to quit uh, startups for good and focus on social sector so i started working with delhi government and that's where uh, uh, working over there i, I realized that now gurukul the problem that we solve here is sort of very important uh, and needs attention right amazing amazing seriously man i, I you know these are kind of things which i wanted to do in my 20s but 
we were focused on credit card, job, marriage, girl, this and that, you know. So, you know, I'm so I'm so happy to hear this coming from you know somebody like you. All right. So my next question. So you said that you wanted to get into social space, etc. What made you start something amazing like Navagudpal? What was the what was the trigger? So when I was working with Delhi government, uh, we saw students who were doing very well in schools, probably scoring 80%, 90% or more. Uh, and I feel that was a lot to be able to achieve, especially from the families that they were coming from. They, they didn't have access to tuitions, they didn't have access to, uh, let's say, um, some of the things that we take for granted, uh, even the schools are not uh, proper in shape. Um, and yet after schools, they didn't have hope at all. Like uh, I would talk to them and they're like, um, maybe school ke baad hum data interview job kar lenge. There was a student called Shivam, uh, whom we met. He was earning 5,000 rupees at a local bakery while earning 30 days a month, uh, almost 12 hours a day. And this yeah. guy essentially got around 80, 85% in school and got um, very, very diligent. Someone who was very, very hardworking. And he was saving money from this 5,000 rupees uh, salary that he was getting from bakery and still working uh, at his house to learn basically computers. So, uh, and from my own journey, I sort of knew that learning computers is not so hard. In fact, probably working um, in a setup like his was so much harder than what software engineers ever would do. Um, so, so that's where the idea came. Instead of let's say going through the colleges, which is essentially an extremely broken system. In fact, as per reports, 93% of our college graduates are not even considered employable. Uh, so we thought of designing our own system, which works frugally, uh, which works at scale, and can ensure 100% placement rates to whosoever comes in. Uh, so, some, so some of these student interactions were the major uh, push behind it. And now when we work at Navgurul, I think every day is the sort of push for the next day. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Amazing, amazing. Right. So, you know, uh, some of some of the people who might might be watching now or maybe watch the YouTube video later, they might not be aware what Navgurul is. So if you can explain the concept, you know, it's a fantastic concept. If you can expect, explain the concept of Navadukul to them, that will be fantastic. So, um, so to give some context, so we started about five years ago. Um, our mission when we started five years ago is fairly simple. We wanted to have an alternative to college where we guarantee placements, where the cost is sort of affordable um, and the, the courses actually should be provided free of cost to the student. And right. probably they should pay forward so that uh, when uh, someone new joins, they're expenses are already taken care of. So those are the initial ideas we started with. Um, we already have uh, four centers across the country with almost 700 students uh, in our campuses right now uh, in residential center centers. Um, wow. So they all learn software programming, they get jobs. Um, the entry-level jobs are basically starting from 20,000 or so, but many of our students are also earning 70, 80,000 rupees after uh, two or three years of experience. And to sort of give some um, example here, so some of these students are basically coming from extremely marginalized families. Actually, not some, all of them. Uh, so most of our girls are coming from rural and tribal areas. Many of them are coming from uh, HIV positive. I mean, they're HIV positive, or they're coming from red light areas. Uh, so essentially, there's a huge diversity. In fact, we have students from almost 18 different states of the country. We have girls coming in from Sikkim, Tripura, Assam, Kashmir, wow. to our centers in Bangalore and Pune. Um, in fact, right now, I'm in Tripura. We are opening a center here uh, uh, in February coming year. Um, wow. so, so, so there's a lot of diversity that we have created in the campus and all of these students, uh, they're basically children um, of people who are probably earning 5,000 a month or 10,000 rupees a month. And now these students are not just getting, let's say, a lot more income, uh, but then these girls are also becoming the uh, centers of how the decisions are going to be made in the family. None of our right. students who have gotten jobs, uh, none of our alumni, female alumni have been married, whereas most of our dropouts have gotten married already. Uh, they actually got married within three to six months of when they dropped out. 
Right. They're gaining more agency in terms of how they uh, take up their life further. Um, right. So, so yeah, so that's um, essentially what we started with. Uh, we recently started a course on design because ultimately we want to focus on colleges. So, uh, software is just one part. We started a design course, and we are going to add one more course every year. Um, uh, apart from that, we have an online application through which we teach programming to uh, similar demographic, but at a larger scale. Um, one of the key innovations that we have done over there is that we buy a hundred rupees keyboard for the student. They connect that keyboard to the phone, and then they use their phone to type. Uh, they learn typing, programming, English, all through their phone with that keyboard. Um, wow. and, and I feel that that keyboard is very interesting and important because then they can have a more computer-like experience without right. actually having a desktop or a laptop. They can actually learn how to type uh, without seeing the screen through the courses that we have designed. Just by right. through this hundred rupees investment that they have to do, uh, right. and we actually uh, get get them you know these keyboards for free. Uh, right. So that's the second part of Navgurukul. Um, then the third part of Navgurukul is something that we call Code India Fellowship, where we are identifying bright uh, coding fellows from across the country, uh, especially from colleges which are in you know top uh, leagues, and then basically getting the students to go into tier three colleges or tier two colleges of the country and change uh, and build the programming culture over there. Um, and essentially, they can use all the um, support that we have, which is in terms of curriculum placements and you know everything. So all that support will be extended to these colleges, so as to bring transformation from the colleges as well, because they already exist and a lot of infrastructure is there. A lot of money is being spent already. So that's right. the third, uh, you know, important initiative. And the fourth and the final uh, initiative that we essentially are working on is something that we call Navgurukul Labs. As a part of Navgurukul Labs, we are launching. Uh, Tech products. So one of the product that we launched just yesterday was something called yellowjobs.org. You can actually uh, look out for remote jobs and get jobs across the world, um, essentially through that platform. But the idea of that uh, uh, of Navgurukul Labs is to sort of um, churn out technical non-profits, which essentially uh, make sure that some of the services which are available today are essentially available in a more conscious format. For example, we are also building an alternative to Uber and Ola. Where people can actually directly use that application to book cabs without paying any commission at all because it's a non-profit driven technology. So our approach is very simple. The idea of this labs is very simple. That um, if you look at the non-profit ecosystem across the world, um, there have been initiatives like Wikipedia, Khan Academy, etc. But they are unfortunately far fewer and rare in, in numbers, right? So we're essentially right. creating those initiatives uh, in large numbers and hoping that some will scale up. And for every initiative, we're creating different team of founders and uh, the technical and the non-technical team. Um, and essentially making sure that they share the distribution with each other so that they grow uh, together. So these are the four right. main buckets. So a lot is happening. <laughs> I hope I didn't confuse. Everyone. No, it's it's absolutely fantastic. I can sense that energy coming from you when you're talking about all these initiatives. These are very close to your heart. Fantastic, amazing. So uh, my next question, you know, uh, you started now Gurukul in 2016, if I'm not wrong, right? Yep. Yep. So you know, how has the journey been so far? What kind of impact Navgurukul could make in last five years? So, um, so I mean, as a journey, it has been extremely, extremely, I think, emotionally challenging, uh, particularly. Um, I mean, obviously, roller coaster is the default answer that everyone's supposed to give, but I think emotionally challenging largely because um, when you're making, let's say, a startup and a tech product or whatever, uh, you're typically not very close to the people you know you're sort of working with. There's a certain distance that you have. When we started Nabgurukul, we literally stayed with the students for three years. Um, right. So many of the students who are basically now uh, working in companies, we essentially stayed full time with them, observed, uh, learned from them a lot. Um, so I spent about two years of my uh, life from somewhere around 2017 end to 2019 in, in our girls' campus in Bangalore. 
um essentially i was sort of you know uh, figuring out how do we essentially set those things up and it was a very challenging time um there were many issues that they faced uh, just because they were girls they were ifs harassed and what not so we had right. to sort of get into things that we never expected that we will be getting into we operationally got very involved emotionally got very involved um so i think as a period it has been sort of emotionally uh, very very different than anything else i've ever done in my life and last one year it has been a little different because we are scaling up so there's a lot more distance let's say between me and the student that we are working with because there's a lot bigger team right now there almost 35 people versus let's say the four people that we had just uh, just a year ago so we have, we have been scaling up crazy in last one year um so so that has created some distance between me and my students um which makes it emotionally easier to work on but also sometimes less satisfying honestly uh, you know working with student has its own uh, charm way right. sort of um, do a lot it was essentially going back to college for me um, right. actually much better than college to be honest like i do not <laughs> i'm not very fond of my experience with iit uh, to be to be honest here um in other the impact we have ha- we have had more than 160 alumni who have gotten jobs uh, that i just described about many of them got jobs at companies like mind tree thought works direct i an academy um, wow. and many other basically big uh, for profits as well as uh, startups as well as non profits um and i think um we, just a year ago we were a very small organization we, we just had four employees we had just a capacity of 80 people so if, and the course is long we, we basically spent about one to one and a half years so yeah. we could only do two batches until uh, a year ago the first one and a half years we mostly spent on pilot to understand what we are doing and then we did two batches um and now we are scaling up rapidly as a mission so right now we have close to 700 students um right. and and we are adding 200 students every two every two to three months uh right. so the idea is to reach at least 5000 student capacity in next three years and make sure that um, you're also supporting other colleges through the coordinated fellowship program amazing amazing you have such a young team i know one of your team members mr rahul he had uh, liked yeah. my tweet when i posted about you are coming on the show so uh, just say my hello to him all right Absolutely. so yeah uh, talking to talking about your students you know i'm very very much i had so many questions to ask there then i had to reduce it because i can't keep you here forever you know so coming to students you said that they come from underprivileged communities and very diverse communities how how do you choose them how does the how does the admission process works yeah admission process has been the hardest problem that we have had to solve as an organization largely because um, it's not just a process of selection but also it's a process of convincing them to be able to join our center for more than a year in a residential right. format and these are girls um, from families who have themselves not even been outside the villages right so right. let's say imagine you have never been outside your village and now you're being asked to send your daughter to a destination which is probably 3 days away from your house right i right. mean imagine you're in bihar and you have to send your daughter to bangalore so it's not a flight distance for you it's right. almost 3 days of train distance and then buses and what not to reach the campus right. um so it's a lot to ask for, for from the parent it's a lot to ask from uh, for from the students themselves right i mean because they themselves have never been outside um Absolutely. so they they also get a lot of cold feet and they feel kya hoga kaise rahenge parents se bina and many of them do uh, end up dropping because of some reasons like that um right. they, they can't sort of adjust a lot to the you know the new surroundings that they're getting um so so one i mean obviously um, there's this problem of them not wanting to do it and we have right. to convince them for it to make sure that they understand that this is going to be transformational for them uh, and initially it was much harder because we didn't have success stories we didn't have role models fortunately now it's yeah. much easier because we have students who are doing really really well they have gotten some amazing videos one of our students rani uh, she gave a jo stock with 6 lakh views use her video a lot to sort of talk about 
how Rani navigated this, how Kajal navigated this. Her, her video just came yesterday on Josh. Um, so essentially, there's a lot of content and success stories that we can use today. Uh, but then we also have some kind of entrance examination. Uh, it's a very basic entrance examination where we first test for maths. Uh, we, we check for um, basically eighth grade maths understanding so that they should be able to solve basic problems because ultimately they're going to learn, learn software programming. And if they don't yeah. even know basic mathematics, they're going to struggle and we will not be able to guarantee them jobs. And our entire program works on guaranteeing a job. We guarantee job to each and every student who comes to our campus. Then we do a basic English test uh, where we basically just look for very conversational, simple English if they can just, you know, sort of talk talk here, right? I mean, even if they can just simply introduce themselves in broken English, that's okay. That's a reasonably okay level. level. And the third and the very important round is a culture fit interview where we check for the hunger in the belly, where, where we check if they really want to do this, if they're really, you know, sort of uh, invested in making it happen. Because our thesis is very simple. Once they are into our campus, not only are we going to guarantee them a job, but we are going to trust them in, in finality. Uh, we, we don't work on a college model where we have teachers sitting on your head or you don't even have teachers actually. We don't have teachers, we don't have classrooms, we don't have classes, we don't have examinations. So when you're building a system like that, it all relies on you being able to trust the individuals you're working with. Um, right. And somewhere the culture fit interview is a really critical part of that um, to essentially ensure that we have the right kind of people uh, invested into our program. Absolutely. That's, it's, it's, I can imagine the kind of effort you might have put into to build these procedures and processes yeah. in place. It's, it's, it's really, and it's especially the diversity, right? I mean, getting students from 18 different states, managing all the logistics, making sure they're able to <clears throat> do our entrance examinations while being in a village, not having access to a smartphone, uh, being able to give our interviews, scheduling the interviews with people, right? I mean, right. just scheduling itself is a huge problem because uh, they don't have their own phones. So dealing right. with, let's say, a family member's phone, who might not be even aware what's going on. Right. right. So, so and also, technically, it's very, very challenging. Yeah. Absolutely. Also, also the the, the uh, hesitation which you mentioned, somebody from Assam yeah. coming all the way to Bangalore. It's, yeah. it's that's that's that's. Yeah. I don't know how how you're making it happen. How how yeah. you're convincing the parents? It's unbelievable. All right. So I've seen several videos of your alumni kids whose lives have changed. It's it's so amazing the way they speak and the way they are confident on the video. You know, they're coming and talking about what they've achieved. Can you share a couple of success stories that are very, very close to your heart? I think pretty much all of them. Uh, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and especially since I was very, very close to the batch. Um, so I pretty much knew, uh, I still know what they are up to. Um, so I think it's emotionally sort of, you know, every. Almost all of them I'm deeply connected to. Um, but there are a few, obviously, which stand out and which you are used to repeating. <laughs> uh, so one of them, I, I remember, um, I especially, am, I don't feel I'm a very confident individual, especially when I have to speak at some place. I speak way too fast and people hardly get what I'm saying. <laughs> so um, I remember me and one of my students, we went to give a Joe's talk. Um, and they recorded both of us. And they didn't publish me because I couldn't sort of make it through their quality benchmarks. And she did. Um, that was a very proud moment, right? I mean, when you do not, uh, <laughs> you cannot pass and the student can. Um, so then um, many of our students, we basically, um, so we, we had a partnership mind where they just wanted to pilot with few students. So they had already selected a few and they wanted to select one more. So we went with three uh, girls over there and they were basically going to select one of them. And um, and then there's a, there's a senior person from my entry, Prashant, he was essentially interviewing them, just talking to them. And he just felt that they were so confident. He's like, Sorry, I can't interview them. They're going to take all three. <laughs> um, you know, and they didn't even do the technical interview. And all three of them actually did pretty well. One of the girls, Kajal, 
um, when she actually joined my entry. Uh, so Prashant just said, you know, I want her to join here. It's, she, she just have to be here. And um, so then the HR process started. And she obviously didn't have degrees. Most of our students do not have degrees. But beyond that, she was actually just 17 and a half. So my entry had a policy that they can only take people who are 21 and above. Uh, so they actually changed that for Kajal. Um, for 17 and a half year. I mean, she was actually just a 10th pass student. Absolutely. Um, um, her father was basically uh, was a rickshaw driver. Her was a, mother was a maid. She comes from Delhi. Um, and now she works at Mindtree. She, I think, earns around five to six lakhs a, a year or so. I'm not sure about the exact amount. Um, but doing exceedingly well, you know, her, her sister is also now learning at Navgurukul. She's, I think, in Pune campus. So, so, so the, the change is sort of, I think it's crazy. I mean, people sort of, uh, and there's this very interesting student and he came and he said, um, it was very initial time and he said, I want to learn here. And we said, okay, fine. Uh, you get a 20,000 job here. Um, and we got to know that he was already working at an 18,000 job as CCD. And so we said, what's the benefit, right? I mean, at 18K, probably you'll go to 20K. What will, how will it help you? And he said, I actually want to get married to a girl and uh, she's a caste higher than me. And uh, I cannot get married unless I have a white collar job. Right? right. So, so it's not just money here. It's, it's a much larger uh, issue here. And, and India that way, unfortunately, is, um, is a sort of little more tight uh, in terms of what position do people hold in society or how much respect right. do they get based on the jobs that they do. Uh, so, so it's it's a lot related to the class. It's heavily related to their aspirations, right? I mean, um, so when our girls got into Mindtree, um, they essentially met Subrato Baki, who was the um, who, who is one of the co-founders at Mindtree, and he he met them and he was blown away, and he said like, I really want to start a center right away. But then Mindtree was acquired by LNT, and then some changes happened. But but the, the the kind of confidence that they had, I still do not have. Like if um, <laughs> there was this another event, I and one of my students we went and Sachin Bansal was standing there, and we we're like, should I go and talk to him? And by that time, I was thinking about it. My student actually he went and he started talking to him. So, so I think in terms of confidence, I hardly um, sort of exhibited a lot. Just that I think what I was sort of endowed with was that I could trust my students a lot more. Um, there was this time we were going from Delhi to Bangalore. Nine of our girls were basically shifting from our Delhi campus to Bangalore campus. And then these, um, so uh, so we were essentially thinking, what do we do? So then I just jokingly uh, told my um, uh, person who was basically you know, taking them that can you essentially maybe ask them to do life mapping sessions in all the coaches. And life mapping sessions are very intense sessions where you sit in a group right. and you basically ask people to share the journeys. It's, it's very emotional. And I just joke. They actually started doing life mapping sessions in the coaches that train in a sleeper train, right? <laughs> so, so that level of confidence, right? I mean, um, there's this one, um, another example, I think I'll probably close it. I, I can just keep going on for hours and hours. And hours. <laughs> I um, know, I know. I yeah, so I was in college. I used to teach students, and um, I, I failed miserably. Like I could not teach young people. Um, I think, I, I think I, I, it's it's easier for me to teach older people or people uh, who, let's say, you know, teach senior level mathematics. Let's say if I have to teach someone how do you add two plus three, I struggle. Or how do you learn <laughs> what is A B C, I struggle. Um, right. I, 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 and I think it's just a very hard thing to do. Just that we sort of oversimplified, and that that's why I ask children to learn or just rote learn them. But if you really want students to understand like what three into three actually means, it's just not trivial. Right. But when our students started volunteering, they actually were not just teaching the students, they, they started teaching their uh, parents. Uh, so when we were teaching in our college uh, in IIT, there was a saying that if you're teaching students, it's probably OK. You're doing OK. It's okay. Uh, if you end up teaching their mothers, you've done a far better job. You, you could attract <laughs> right. their mothers to sort of learn 
who have far more inhibitions than students will ever, ever have. Absolutely. And if you can teach the dads, <laughs> you're God. You know, you cannot go beyond that. Because somewhere, right? I mean, and you're getting them to be taught through people who are far younger than them. And they don't want to be learned. They don't feel that education is going to be useful to them. They understand that education is useful to their children. Most right. of them do not believe education is going to be useful to them at that age. And our students, within a week, they were teaching their mothers as well as uh, the, 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 the you know, dads. So Amazing. some of these things, I mean, we could sort of see that they're far, far better and brighter than most of us. Um, and I think the dream that we share is very simple, that we want this organization to be entirely led and driven by our own alumni. In fact, more than half of our own team is actually our own alumni. And we are continuously trying to figure out their growth journey so that ultimately, like, probably next year or two years later, when you talk, the CEO is not me, but one of our own students. Right, right. I know that I, I saw your team. Some of them are now Gurukul alumni itself. That's that's fabulous. Actually. Yeah, more than half actually. Yeah, <laughs> that's fabulous. All right. So let's talk about you already touched upon this about the programs you have already designed. So there are multiple programs that you run. The, the first one which caught my attention was the residential program. Yeah. So can you can you talk a little bit about it? So, um, as I mentioned in the residential program, the focus is on guaranteeing a job, uh, which is aspirational in nature. We started right. with software because we knew software. The students come, there are no teachers, no classrooms. Uh, uh, then, so, there are classrooms, but there are no classes, basically. Right. Uh, for example, there's no schedule that today class. When the student joins, let's say if I join Navgurgul today, I'm going to be assigned a mentor. Let's say you are three months or four months senior to me. You'll be assigned a mentor. You'll be assigned as a mentor to me. Uh, that's also done through TNP, the training and placement coordinator, who's himself or herself a student. We're largely right. focusing on women right now. Uh, so almost 90% of our students are women these days. Uh, but let's say um, this training and placement coordinator assigns Vivek as mentor to Abhishek. Now, there's a curriculum that we have developed, which is available in local language. We have Hindi and English. We are adding more languages right now. Um, so the idea is that then Abhishek will basically start working on this curriculum, which is divided into 18 different milestones. And Vivek supports him to do those milestones wherever Abhishek is stuck, wherever he needs help. And that help is not just limited to technical aspects, but also it, it happens more of a, uh, in a very sisterly manner, basically. You know, it's, it's, right. it's someone where Vivek is able to share that how he struggled and how right. that struggle that I am facing right now is totally okay. And it's, it's genuinely, you know, uh, it's a different system and, you know, all of that. And um, a lot of emotional efforts. So one of the things that we realize over here is that even if people are physically sick, they can study. But if they're emotionally not feeling well, They'll be extremely distracted and they'll not be able to learn. They may hold a book like that for five hours, but what they learn will be nothing. So they essentially, you know, uh, take care of their emotional well-being also. If they if they are going through a big crisis, then they essentially make sure that they are reported, uh, not reported per se, but uh, essentially the program manager knows so that they can essentially get a counselor on board too. Uh, so we have basically counselors who are working with us to counsel students who are basically going through some kind of crisis situation or need uh, any kind of therapy for doing better in their careers or life. Um, so then the students keep passing these milestones and they can request for an interview. And according to the interview, the student basically get to know how well they're doing. There are no um, marks that are given to them. It's purely subjective. We send something called the good, bad, and ugly. Um, we share the feedback. Oh, this was good. This was bad. This is ugly. Um, and this is a format that we use even as an organization. So when we send monthly updates to our donors or, or our you know our friends and volunteers, etc., we do not se uh, send a shiny newsletter about saying, we inaugurate inaugurated this. It's basically a very vulnerable piece of article from our side of which I personally write every single month um, where we share what are the good things that happen but what are also the bad things uh, that are happening that we need to fix and what are the, some of the ugly things that we need to really really think about 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's a way for us to be vulnerable with, with the people we are talking with, uh, without giving numbers to ourselves. Oh, we did eight out of ten this month. Uh, so right. similarly, we adapted that format for our team, and and the format, same format we use for student evaluation also. Um, and then the students, whenever they are ready, they may take four months, they may take one year, they may take eighteen months. It does not matter. The moment they are ready for jobs, as per uh, our curriculum, we basically get companies for them to be interviewed at. Uh, most of the companies who we basically work with, they approached us because uh, they felt that our students hold promise for their, uh, you know, for these positions. And yeah, so that's the entire life cycle. And then they get jobs and uh, and we support them afterwards as well. Right. And then that's since some of these students basically pay forward once they get a job, so uh, I think just three days ago, one of the students she donated 50k, uh, who's actually one of our own alumni. uh there are more than i think eight alumni who have already donated 1.2 lakhs rupees uh back into the system uh, which is more than what we spent on them um so essentially we are also trying to create this alumni driven uh, sustainability fantastic fantastic it's amazing to hear this you know uh, the kind of things kids are capable of doing right so from yeah. coming from such a background they might have seen a lot of i don't know what kind of things but coming out of it and making a life for themselves getting the confidence back amazing okay the second program that i wanted to discuss with you is it's if i don't know whether i'm saying it correctly it's meraki yeah meraki 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 your app based learning so uh, yeah. can you can you just uh, talk a little bit about that so um so when we were basically working during the pandemic time last year especially um uh we were continuing with our residential centers but we also felt that we need an online way of teaching or reaching out to the students um and this was an observation that we also had pre pandemic i mean we 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 knew that the many students were not able to join navgurukul because they couldn't clear our interests but they essentially want to be taught and they have the potential to join it at a later point so to give you an example when we did our test drive with maharashtra government uh, we were working with the tribal research department over there um so these are girls who are coming from extremely remote areas with very limited access to education um <clears throat> so out of the 4200 girls who gave our test only 104 were selected so that was a selection rate of somewhere on 2.6 or 2.7% and obviously it was not something that we uh, wanted it to be i mean we wanted it to be much better um and obviously i mean it depends right i mean in areas like delhi and andhra pradesh we get selection ratio as high as 80% or 70% also uh but with this particular demographic we didn't uh and what we also realized is this this is the exact demographic that we want to get into uh we we do not we want to reach out to the most marginalized right i mean let's say as a college your focus is to get to the most your focus is to get the brightest possible candidates that's how you design your entrance examinations and then basically give them education uh, most of the colleges actually don't give education my opinion it's just a peer effect because which students end up learning uh right. but but with navgurukul i think our focus is extremely i mean it's just completely reverse of it we want right. to reach out to the most marginalized student irrespective of their academic levels so we want to have a minimum let's say criteria on which we select and then we reach out to the most marginalized who can reach out who can fulfill this criteria so one of the very obvious things is like how do we prepare students who are not able to sort of fulfill our criteria to be able to do it at a later stage and can we do right. early stage interventions for them to be able to do that well and that's how this learning miraki app came in so we have a volunteer driven model where they take live classes we have content uh, which we have developed for our residential courses we have basically adopted it for the online format um, again it's vernacular um, on the phone itself as i mentioned the student can basically practice programming typing learn english through conversational english there are volunteers assigned to them where both of them keeps talking for 14 different classes so that they develop confidence 
in spoken english particularly because it's a very essential interview cracking skill um uh, we provide them keyboards to basically learn how to type as a list you know uh, programming and the idea is that through this application they can get uh, access to entry level jobs which need them to learn how to use computer for typing or they can get into aspirational training careers like navgurukul and there are other organizations we are basically uh, trying to work with in terms of getting our students admitted there uh, there is an organization called hyperwords it's an ai based company out of chennai they're doing a similar program zoho schools is doing a similar program fresh desk is doing a similar program so essentially trying to also use miraki uh, to be able to identify candidates for these programs uh, and that's something which is still in progress but hopefully it will happen soon right right it will happen soon all right so the other program which you uh, we already spoke about which is code india fellowship so i'm going to skip that question uh, so navgurukul when i was looking at it supported by several partners on this journey how important is your partner ecosystem towards your goals so i think we have been incredibly lucky so when you said how was the journey i think the the first feeling that i shared was emotionally challenging but i think the other feeling that um, i have gotten from my work in last five years we have been incredibly incredibly lucky we have never had to reach out externally for funds almost all our all our donors and partners uh, they basically approached us and they expressed their interest which essentially ensured a very strong interest alignment right because the people who genuinely already felt interested in incline and they came to us we supported by more than 100 plus volunteers um, we have actually hired our own volunteers we have hired um, um, so some of these volunteers continue to lead our teams even while being volunteers um, there is this volunteer i mean he still is a volunteer actually there is this person who started donating us 10000 rupees a month and now he leads um, as a volunteer one of our teams and he's a very senior uh, fellow with more, i think more than 18 years of experience in back end systems and technologies um, so i think we've been incredibly lucky to sort of find all of this support from individuals and and the donors and the partners in fact all the admissions uh, which is one of the hardest problems i mentioned we essentially do not have any on ground team all of these admissions happens through our partners who are working on ground and they basically help us identify these candidates who basically give the get the give the test to our technology um so that significantly reduces our efforts and are able, is able to make sure that we are able to reach out to pan india for mobilization without having uh, you know a team for that so so i think um, and, and we are sort of an organization which believes very strongly in being an open organization transparent organization and making sure that the people who are coming in they actually um, can work at a very senior level even if they are a volunteer so we don't say oh you are a volunteer this is just where you can be confined to literally the, as i mentioned the volunteers are leading our products or leading our teams um, in fact most of the lab projects that we are developing they are heavily um, invested on by the volunteers who are spending a lot of time to make it happen um so i think yeah so we are very fortunate uh, from the lenses of uh, having partner in fact when you mentioned rahul uh, so i i happened to meet rahul about a year ago uh, online myself and then rahul sort of was running his own organization and then we sort of merged um, all the efforts to sort of do it together so again that's sort of very rare in non profit sector because people have their own vanities and their ways of working um, right. but i think i've been again extremely fortunate to have someone like rahul on board navgurukul um who basically uh, you know sort of combined whatever he was doing his team and we sort of you know came together sort of merged and now we are sort of working on these things together uh but yeah, our our ethos as an organization is to partner as much as possible even our online application miraki we don't feel it's navgurukul's application it's a collective it's an open source collective there are more than 24 partners who are, who are using this application with their students right now um and and we we basically call all of us as co-hosts and navgurukul is one of the hosts basically for that application Uh, but but the idea is that as a as a non profit organization we have to realize that alone we cannot do 
much right i mean it's it's, it's a combined effort of multiple individuals and organizations and partners uh together you know with whom we can sort of make any tangible impact to the society absolutely i think it applies to everybody these days individuals for profit non profit not for profit everybody you know you cannot do it alone you have to be together and get stuff done all right fantastic uh so you know uh your kids or alumni are hired by corporates and smbs across the country so what has been the success rate with the placements is it 100% so we do 100% placements yeah we get 100% placements so only thing is there is a student dropout in between okay uh, then uh, we we can't you know sort of take care of that but there are cases where the student drop out and they basically went to their homes and we supported them while they were at home uh, uh but 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 the students who have stayed in the campuses we do 100% placements fantastic that is a, that is the best answer entire evening actually i'm so happy to hear that all right so last two questions before i leave you uh, you know the second last question which i have is how can individuals like myself for example or organizations uh join hands with navagurukul on this fantastic journey that you're on uh can you hear me abhishek yeah so i think as i mentioned like most of the work that we do uh, volunteers and individuals are a very important part of our yeah i can hear you very well can you hear me yeah yeah i can i can there's a lag but it's okay continue hello you hello so so i think as an organization uh, just i mentioned like volunteers and and you know uh, individuals are basically at almost all the levels of our organization they're working as team leads um, and and it it is across the organization it may be because they're really good at or they have a lot of experience with hr or they may have experience with back end or front end or um, any anything at all so basically we we have uh, very strong uh, connections with our volunteers then for every team member that we have we have assigned them an external coach or an advisor um, which is again an external you know individual who sort of supporting them in their journey so that is another way to engage with the organization um, the people who are helping us with communication the people who are helping us with uh, i mean you you name any problem right i mean outreach growth strategy we have basically people helping us out a lot um, then we have people who basically uh, help us with review uh so i mean for for some of our senior team members we have essentially created a review committee and again like that typically has like this let's say two individuals in each committee where they review the work of that person on a monthly basis or so uh to help them improve their quality of work uh so i mean uh, so as an organization as i mentioned like uh, a lot of work that we do it's out there it's transparent it's open our slack channel is also something where we invite uh, people to sort of join and sort of you know directly uh, be in touch with team we share monthly updates directly in terms of how people can help so Uh, if anyone is interested, they can just write to me on LinkedIn or my Gmail, and I would be happy to sort of send those emails to them so that they understand what kind of areas of you know where we need help essentially are actively coming up. Uh, but irrespective, if someone is interested in exploring or contributing or understanding what's going on, they're more than welcome. They can just go to a website, click on volunteer, and sort of fill the form, and immediately within one or two days, we'll reach out. Right, right. All right. So you know, um, it's it's seriously. Uh, fabulous that i got to i got this opportunity to chat with you uh, you know and my final question for you today is about covid 19 i asked all my guests how has covid 19 impacted abhishek 
and how has COVID-19 impacted Navagurkul and how is 2021 going so far? So, um, COVID clearly was extremely tough, especially because uh, when you're working in social space, uh, it actually becomes harder because you get to see a lot more than what typically people would, right? I mean, you have access to people who are facing an entirely different uh, magnitude of problems uh, that you probably don't even get to hear in news. Uh, right. There were so many of our own students and alumni whose entire family lost jobs and they were really struggling to also just eat you know, food. Uh, and unfortunately, that was not very uncommon in our country, um, especially at the peak times of COVID. Um, um, so, so I think emotionally, it was extremely, extremely, extremely challenging and hard. And there was so little that we could do, right? I mean. Um, what we could see in terms of the problems, uh, very little of that we could essentially do. I think somewhere in the, um, if we just remove COVID from the situation, I mean, we are aware of the plethora of problems out there, but we consciously say, this is what I can do and I'll focus my energies on that. But with all the cures that COVID brought in, I think that distinction or just saying that I'm going to limit my energies to this was not feasible. So I think uh, there's a lot of exhaustion. I was all over everywhere. Um, emotionally not just struggling with my own needs, with my own uh, well-being, but also struggling with what I should be doing. Should I focus on Navgurkul? Should I focus on the relief efforts going on? Should I focus on uh, bringing sort of, you know, doing some things for our alumni or our student base? Because they also need that kind of help. So I think it, it became really, really messy and hard. Um, uh, personally, also then obviously there were a lot of cases in my family. Uh, my partner who I'm getting married to uh, coming month. Uh, she was admitted in hospital for about 26 days. And the most horrible uh, you know, time uh, when you do not know when the person is going to come back. Uh, there was there were moments when you felt about if they were going to come back, right? I mean, uh, and it even feels extremely uh, depressing to even think of that question, right? I mean, um, fortunately that was just momentary, and after 26 days, 26 she came back and um, she's doing much better now. Um, so I think COVID that was extremely hard, especially for people uh, who are more vulnerable uh, because of whatever reasons. Um, so, so that was personally. I think professionally, um, as an organization, uh, there's obviously certain overlap with what I said personally. But apart from that, I think um, there was obviously the struggle of how do we keep our centers on and functioning, because most of the residential places during the COVID were basically being shut down or being closed. Uh, we didn't want to basically shut them down because we realized that the, this is very important for our students. Actually, even more important than before pandemic. Uh, and fortunately, it paid us off well. I mean many of our students basically got jobs during pandemic and they could support their families, which they could not have otherwise. And most likely they would have gotten married, especially because um, I'm not sure uh, if I've been through these articles, but the the marriages are happening far more uh, sooner, uh, you know, now because of pandemic. Parents right. do not know what to do with their children, uh, especially the women children. Um, because earlier at least there was this, you know, this anchor that I'm going to study, I have to do this. Now those anchors are being lost. People are not returning to schools or even colleges wherever the schools and colleges are also opening. Uh, so I think we are, we are even further important at this juncture. So instead of closing something like Navgurukul, we need to have a strategy through which we work. And that's why I think government has recognized our work. We are opening three centers in coming six months with three different governments, um, uh, which are basically going to be supported by governments and they are going to be functional throughout. We have taken that commitment from them. Uh, uh, and and that the entire idea is they're going to make sure that the students are vaccinated and all of that. You know, many things we have to make sure as precautions. But we want these centers to function full, you know, properly and get student jobs. Um, right. And I think as a sector, IT sector has obviously blossomed, right? So I mean, from the perspective of getting jobs for our students and alumni, it has just gotten super trivial for us right now. Um, 
so i think um, so there is a clearly a higher demand from uh, parents also because to some extent i mean they have started understanding that these these kind of jobs that the students can get into so i think in terms of admissions it's sort of easier to convince parents but obviously then also it's harder because it's covid and parents do not want to send their daughters at in covid times because health is obviously a big issue and if someone gets sick what do what does it happen so even right now as we're talking there are cases in our pune campus which are covid positive and we are basically we have put the entire campus in isolation you know a lot of things are happening and a lot of uh, mitigation steps are needed to be done which we have taken so yeah. so i think so i think many steps we had to take to sort of make sure that these campus continue to function and hopefully that will be our direction because i don't feel that covid is going to go away anytime soon Right. Um, unfortunate absolutely. as that is, it, it is the harsh truth. I know, I know. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much, Abhishek. I am pretty sure you are gonna fly higher and higher going forward. I'll be uh, looking forward to your exciting journey ahead, and I want you to stay safe and uh, please, please take some rest. You look so tired. Before marriage, at least look like a guy <laughs> who is ready for marriage. Put on some yeah. weight. uh and go for some massage or facial and stuff like that and, and be prepared for it i wish you a very happy married life in advance uh take care of your fiance and uh, speak to you soon thanks so much it was lovely being here thanks so much thank you so much all right so that was abhishek how wonderful is that right i don't know how he must be 20 years younger to be maybe but these are the these are the kids who inspired me Uh, I love talking to them. That's why I run the show every Friday. Uh, thank you. If you have tuned in today, this video will be up on my YouTube channel tomorrow day after. Thank you for listening to the Thrifty Marketer podcast. For more exciting episodes like these, please follow the Thrifty Marketer podcast today. Now available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Spotify and Anchor. See you next episode.